Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. As we begin this morning, I want to say once again, welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We are thankful that you are here. And if you are a guest with us this morning, we are so thankful that you've made the choice to come out and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with us here at Greensburg Baptist Church. We appreciate that so much. And I want you to know if Brother Blake and I or any of the staff can do anything for you, if you have questions of a spiritual nature, we would love to have the opportunity to talk with you. I also want to say a special welcome this morning to the people that are joining us by the radio. We're thankful for you. We also realize that there are a number of people that will listen to this service today, this sermon, by way of technology, by a sermon video or one of our podcasts. We welcome you as well. We are thankful for you and for your time. And if you are joining us by technology this morning, I want you to know that as the sermon ends this morning, you will either hear or see instructions on how to contact us if you have a question of a spiritual nature. We would love to talk with you and pray with you. We are continuing this morning the Lord Teach Us to Pray sermon series. This is sermon number four of a six-sermon series. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13 today, just like we have been every time for every sermon in this series. And I'm going to put that text on the screen for us right now. And just like the last few sermons, I'd like for us to begin this morning by reciting the words of the Lord's Prayer together. If you are physically able to stand, would you stand with us this morning as we honor the reading of God's Word? Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You may be seated. Now, if you've been here for the other sermons in this series, you know you're hearing a sermon in this series about once every month. And so for that reason, I just feel the need to take just a moment to refresh where we have been in order to get us to the point where we're going to start today. So I want you to remember that at the very beginning of this sermon series, the disciples had just asked Jesus a question. And that question was, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think it's interesting that before he tells them how to pray, he specifically tells them how not to pray. In verse 5, he tells them not to be like the hypocrites. You see, the hypocrites were people who were praying to be seen. Jesus is saying, don't do that. Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't pray to be seen. He's also saying in verse 7, don't pray like the Gentiles. And the reason he's saying that is because they were praying for the purpose of being heard. And then right in the middle of those two verses, he puts verse 6 and he says, And when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Go into your room and shut the door. Now I want to be certain that we're all on the same page here. 
Context is so very, very important. Anytime we read a verse, we need to read the verses prior to it and we need to read the verses after it. Otherwise, it might seem like the Scripture is suggesting something that it's not. By no means is Jesus suggesting that it, that you should never pray publicly. That's not what He's suggesting at all. What He is suggesting He is telling how important it is to be secluded when we pray. You know, remember, he knew exactly who he was teaching. He knew the the culture of the times. He knew if those men were in a room with the door closed, that they would not be tempted to pray to be seen or to pray to be heard because the only person that would be seeing or hearing them would be their Heavenly Father, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the only person... Who matters anyway? So I want to encourage you this morning. If you don't have that place in your home where you can go into and you can just be quiet, you and the Lord, you need to find it. You need to find it and you need to spend daily time alone with the Lord. Then beginning with the second sermon in this series, we see that Jesus did in fact tell his disciples, which now is us. If you call yourself a Christian, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, You are now a disciple of Jesus Christ. In that particular sermon, we looked at only one verse, verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. But just as we did this morning, we had read the entire text. And in that particular sermon, I, I, I ask us to look at the entire text just to see if we saw any type of pattern. And I reminded you in that sermon that not once... In the Lord's Prayer, will you see the word I, me, or my? Those do not appear at all. And then we ask the question, is this how we typically pray? When we pray, if someone were to read a transcript of my prayers, how often would they see the words I, me, and my? And I'll tell you, just like I confessed last time, you would see it a lot. But I want to pray more like Jesus teaches us how to pray. And I hope that you do too. Then we spend some time talking about what we're actually saying when we say our Father. And at that point, I pointed you to the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message. And we don't have time to read this in detail this morning. But I do want to strongly encourage you, if you have not read this document, please go to the homepage of our website at greensburgbaptist.com. You will find a link to it there. It's important. If you are a Southern Baptist, you need to know what we believe. And this document tells us that. But in this document, it addresses what we mean when we say God is Father. And one thing that I want you to remember this morning is that He is indeed all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-loving. And He is all-wise. Now, I hope that when you pray to God your Father, that you take comfort in the fact knowing that He's all-powerful. I hope that you take comfort in the fact knowing that He's all-knowing, that He's all-loving, and that He's all was. And then we talked about the last phrase, hallowed be your name. And so we finally agreed that day that hallow means to make holy or to consider as holy. And then we asked the question, how holy is God to you? How holy is God to you? If a stranger were observing our lives, how holy would they say that God is to us? Remember, people are watching us all of the time. 
And then in the last sermon in this series that you've heard, we looked at verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is such a powerful phrase to pray. Because you see, we're asking for His will, not ours. His will, not ours. We spent some time talking about before we could even move on from the phrase, your kingdom come, we've got to figure out what is the meaning of God's kingdom? What are we talking about? And then what does it mean for us to pray for it to come or for it to arrive? And then I shared with you a quote from a a noted Bible scholar. And he had defined the kingdom of God like this. God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. God's people. Who is that? It's you if you call yourself a Christian. You're one of God's people. In God's place, where's that going to be? It's eventually going to be heaven. And will you be there? And if you are, you will be under God's rule and God's blessing. What a wonderful, wonderful place that will be. And then finally, last time we talked about what does it mean to pray for God's kingdom to arrive. And I shared with you a quote from Dr. Albert Moeller. And I just want to remind you again this morning that what got me on this sermon series was I read a book by Dr. Moeller that's called The Prayer That Turns the World Upside Down. And it was an in-depth analysis of the Lord's Prayer. And it, it rocked my world when I read that. And throughout this sermon series, I'm sharing several quotes from Dr. Moeller. And he he, uh, quoted in this book, The Bible teaches that God's kingdom only comes as God's people preach God's word, which coupled with God's spirit produces life and obedience. So what I want to leave you with with that quote is that if you pray for me and Brother Blake, thank you. Thank you. Please don't stop. Please continue. So by doing that, you are helping this phrase, God's kingdom come, to actually happen as we preach and teach God's word. And then finally, last time, at the very end, we went over eight specific things that you are praying when you pray your kingdom come. Now, I don't have time to go into that this morning, but if you missed that sermon, I would encourage you, listen to the podcast, download the sermon video, Eight Profound Things that we are praying specifically when we ask for God's kingdom to come. So all of that brings us to our verse for today, Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. You might be wondering, how could we spend very much time on this verse? It's only seven very simple words. Seven very simple words. You might even be thinking, isn't it pretty obvious? Isn't it pretty obvious what this is saying? Could I ask Karen to come up really quick and help me with a visual aid that hopefully will eventually make sense?
So a few weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon, um, one of my friends came to my house. That Somebody I used to see all of the time, and for the last several years, I don't hardly see her at all. But she brought me two chef's aprons that she had made just for me. She knew how much I loved to cook and bake. And both of them had a Bible verse embroidered on them. And as soon as I saw this particular one, I knew that it was somehow going to be a visual aid for this message for today. It took me a long time to figure out exactly how it was going to tie in. But the Lord finally spoke that to me. But I I say that to say this. If the Lord puts something on your heart to do for somebody, even if you don't understand it, do it. Do it because you never know how the Lord will take that gift and use it. Sometimes he takes that gift and multiplies it. Other times he uses it to emphasize things that you might not ever think or imagine. So up until this point, we've seen that the Lord's Prayer reveals a lot about the character of God. But now we're going to see that the the focus is going to shift just a little bit. In this verse that we are looking at today, give us this day our daily bread, we begin to see that we are needy and that God is the provider. That's something that we really don't like to talk about very much in our society today. We don't like to be needy for anything. We want to wear the apron. We want to bake the bread. We don't want anybody to even have to give it to us. We want to do it ourselves. If we're not careful, we'll get to the point where we don't want to depend on God for anything. What exactly are we praying when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. I want to tell you this morning that God has designed humans to be dependent and to be dependent on Him. And I want you to know that is so contrary to what most of society will tell you today. But He wants us to be dependent upon Him. Again, Dr. Moeller quotes, We are no longer merely creatures in need of provision. We are sinners in need of the Creator's mercy. Now, I'm going to say something that some of you may not agree with this morning. Years ago, I sang a song one time that the name of it was, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I had an old man get so mad at me. And he said, don't you dare say that I'm a sinner. Don't you dare say that I'm a sinner. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I'm one. I am one, but I've been covered by the blood of Jesus. But if you're not careful, we will fall into that same thought process of, I've been saved, so I'm no longer a sinner. Yes, we are. Is there anybody here this morning that does not have some type of sin in your life? Now, before you're quick to raise a hand, I'm going to point out that so many times our actions to things reveals the sin in our life. How do you react when somebody does something bad to you? Do you get even? If you do, you better be careful. That's probably revealing sin in your life. Do you fight back? You better be careful. 
of exactly how you fight if you do. Do you remember things that happened 20 years ago or longer? Maybe you look at that person with a smile on your face, but as you are smiling at them, yeah, I remember what you did 50 years ago. I remember that. Be careful. You're harboring bitterness. Do we want Jesus to give us our daily bread or not? Do we realize that we are sinners in need of the Creator's mercy? I want you to know this morning that He cares for you. Matthew 6, 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now, do you think when those birds are out each morning eating what God has given them, do you think their thought process is, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not taking that. I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to make my own food. No, they don't think that. They're thankful they've got food to eat. But how do we approach the same thing? Are we thankful? Or do we want to wear the apron? Do we want to bake the bread? We've got to get to the place where our lives are not divided by spiritual activities on one side and earthly activities on the other. Instead, every one of our activities must be lived for the glory of God. I wonder this morning, would that be a true statement for your life? As people, non-Christians, observe your life, would they say that you're living your life for the glory of God? Or are the things that you choose to spend your time in, does it look remarkably similar to the same things they're spending their time in? If the latter is true, be careful. Be careful. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Folks, I am so convinced that hell will be full of people who thought they were saved but found out on Judgment Day that they weren't. If your life looks like the world, be careful. Be careful. Evaluate your life. I wonder, does this change your perception any of what you are asking when you pray? Give us this day our daily bread. I want you to know Jesus wants you, all of you, He wants you to even ask Him for those little things like food that is on your plate. Are we comfortable doing that? Now remember, I didn't say thank you, thank him for that. We're supposed to do that too. Jesus wants us to ask him for the food that's on our plate. I wonder, do we do that? I want to look at a illustration from the Old Testament, Exodus 16, beginning with verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Verse 6, So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, Because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? Now I want to be sure that you didn't miss this. 
what I'm circling right now, that I may test them. See, the Lord has given some really specific examples. They were to go out, specific instructions. They were supposed to go out and gather what they needed for that day. Now, just imagine if you were hungry and your family was hungry and you went out into a field that had just food for as far as you could see, would you be tempted to get more than one day's food? You know, some of those people were tempted to do just that. And guess what happened when they did not obey the Lord? It became full of worms. It didn't last. It spoiled. You know, sometimes I think that maybe we would have an easier time of following the Lord's instruction if every time we did something that was contrary to what He told us to do, if He would cause worms just to appear on everything. Or maybe for you it would be snakes or spiders. That would probably get most of our attention if every time we disobeyed the Lord, that worms, snakes, or spiders consumed it. I bet it would get our attention. But when the Lord gives instructions, He expects us to do what He says. So for those people that, that did actually take more than He told them to, even though the Lord was providing it was in that field, they chose to wear the apron. They chose to step out and take more than what the Lord said. And look how it worked out for them. Not good. As we, bring, as we prepare to close, I'm not going to go very much longer, I promise. Um, but I, I want to just reemphasize to you that we've got a daily need for Jesus. Deuteronomy 8.3 And He humbled you. You realize the Lord will do that? You realize the Lord will do that today? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands for how many people have ever been humbled by the Lord, but I don't mind to tell you at all that I have been many times. And He humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Do we hunger and thirst for Jesus? Or do we hunger and thirst for our own priorities? Do we wear the apron? Or do we let Jesus provide for us? I want you to know this morning that we will taste the goodness of God's provision only if we live according to what comes from the mouth of God. John 6.35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I want you to know this morning when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What we are really saying is give me Jesus. We're saying give me Jesus. We're realizing that He truly is the bread of life. It's not a physical loaf of bread. You know, this, this loaf of bread 
it would temporarily take care of our hunger, but not for very long. Not for very long. But if we'll come to Jesus, if we are willing to take off that apron and allow Him to be the bread of life, we'll see God's provision and His blessing. I wonder this morning if you are willing to do that this morning. I want to talk specifically this morning to people that are either in this sanctuary this morning that do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you have any doubt that you might not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to listen to me closely. If you are listening by radio this morning or by podcast or by sermon video, I want you to listen closely. And I want all attention this morning. This is a serious part of the service. Hell is going to be full of people who thought they were saved but aren't. Do you know that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Maybe you're here this morning and you've never made that decision. I want you to know this morning that you can. It is not a hard thing to do to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Now, the difficult part comes after that when we follow Him. When we take up our cross and follow Jesus daily, that is the difficult part. But the part of asking Him to be our Lord and Savior is not hard at all. I wonder if Jesus is knocking on your heart's door this morning. Maybe your heart rate is accelerated right now. If you are, that's probably a pretty good indication there's something in your life that's not right with the Lord. You need to come forward. But it truly is as easy to follow Jesus, to accept Jesus as we tell children in vacation Bible school. It's the ABCs of salvation. A, you've got to admit that you're a sinner, that you have got things in your life that has separated you from Jesus. And that's called sin. That's called sin. You've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That He lived a perfect life on this earth and He loved you so much that He went to the cross and He died for you. He would have done that if you had been the only person on earth. He was buried, but He didn't stay in the tomb. Three days later, He arose. That is why we celebrate Easter. I personally believe we need to celebrate Easter every day, not just once a year. And then we've got to confess and repent. And that includes turning from our life of sin. And I want, I want to just say one more time. Just stop for a moment and think, what does it look like by your friends, through the eyes of your friends who are not Christians? Do your activities more closely resemble their ways or God's ways? And if your activities... Point them away from Jesus. You need to come forward this morning and take care of that. I again want to encourage you, just like Miss Francis saying, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. It's, that's not just pretty words in a song. That is what He will do for you. But you have got to be willing to do your part and actually leave it. Not hold on to it. I wonder if there's people here this morning that are wearing the apron, that need to take the apron off. 
that need to rely solely on Jesus. It's not always comfortable. Seldom is it comfortable. But it's always worth it. It's always worth it. I encourage you to come this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for the day that you have given us. Father, I thank you for your word and for the truths that are contained in it. Father, I pray that you will take the message from this morning and just simply work in the hearts and the, in the lives of people. I pray that you will be glorified. I pray that it will be you and you alone that is glorified. Father, I pray that we will see people saved and set free. I pray we'll see surrender in this place today. Father, I just simply pray that your Holy Spirit will fall on this place. And I pray that you will be glorified. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.